0: Well dad, here we are. We are at the final episode of season 1, which yes. is crazy that we made it this far. I know you've done a few episodes. We've had some amazing guests on. Uh we're planning to continue into the the new year I like for sure. That. Uh so far so good. Um but but yeah, just excited we're, uh, the year's coming to a close. I know, you know, pastors are there's there's a lot of things on pastors' minds as the year's coming to a close. I think it's like it's you have Christmas and then get done with the year. And then start over again. Start over all over again. Um today today I, I I wanna talk to you because this is something you you're really good at. You uh, even as kids, you said, you know, leaders are readers, you need to read yep. books, you yep. need to set goals, and you're you're big into goal setting. And for right. us, we weren't I don't know that we weren't allowed to to not do them, but it was like you had us turn in our goals December thirty first. That was a mandatory goals. So yes, yeah, you, you said, had to do it. <laughs> we did have to do yeah. it, and so there, I don't know the, what the consequence was if we didn't because we did them always. But you would make us set goals and right so, to jail. Yeah, <laughs> 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 to distract me, but but I think it'd be great to talk to two pastors about, you know, even having this conversation with us about how you set goals for a church. Cause there's personal goals. I want to, you right. know, lose weight or I want to um, you know, be be better in my marriage or be a better yep. fill in the blank, read books. But from a church, there's there's obviously there's so many different routes you can go. Well, I want the kids ministry bigger and I want more people and more people and more money and more this. And, and that's part of it, absolutely. But there's other things too. And then it's, how do you get those numbers? Do you just say, I want to be a thousand or I want to be 500 right. or I, I want to get a million dollars. And it's like, is it's arbitrary. Obviously you're hearing from God. So I, I would just love to talk to you about that for uh, how yeah, long It's interesting
1: have. you say that because like just speaking of where did I get the numbers from? I read something once and it said, double your church every four years. And it just made so much sense to me. Like, okay. It's a big goal. I'm going to try to double my church in four years. And so that's where I would set the goals with that in mind. Like every four years, I want to double the church. And so. Do you think that changes now with like online? Other yeah, things or, it uh, yeah. totally does. And it it worked up to a certain size. Like sure. it worked into like, I don't know, a couple thousand. Yeah. But I'm saying like when we are hundred. I was like, we want to get to 200, 200 to 400, four. you know. How long did it take
0: us? I mean, I it think it took some, us
1: 10 years to get to 1,000.
0: On 1,000 people per weekend.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yep. And it wasn't just like 1,000 adherents. Yeah. It was 1,000 people. So that's where I was setting goals. And then I've always been a goal setter. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I forget what seminar I was at. And they're like, you know, 3% of people set goals or whatever. And I was like, what? And all these successful people were setting goals. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. And I just started setting goals. And I realized... As I set them, I started to hit them. And it, there's a sense of accomplishment in hitting the goal and getting done. And so that's where it came from. It wasn't anything even biblical. It was just like, these guys are saying they set goals. I'm going to set goals. And, and now, you know, you're right. I do it for what weight I want to be, how many books I want to read, how many sermons I want to listen to, what countries I want to go to, what golf courses I want to play,
0: what things I want to do with mom, what our giving goal is. I mean, we, I set them for everything. Yeah. How, how do you, in in the church context, and we may get in more into personal stuff in down in the future here, but uh, in the future, like like, like 10, minutes 10 minutes in the future. <laughs> like <they're> uh, back. <laughs> uh, but When setting church goals, I I think maybe a a critique of it would be, well, I don't want it to become, uh, you know, that I'm focused on the numbers because ultimately pastoring, you're pastoring people. And it's like, how, how have you combated that? You know, I
1: I got it. Here's the thing. Those numbers are for me internally. They're not for the congregation necessarily. And so I learned like, they didn't care. Like I'd say, we're going to grow by 75 people. They're like, we don't
0: care. They don't want, they don't need to grow, want to grow. Yeah. There
1: was... So I needed to, that was my goal. And what I needed to do is make them healthy enough Mm. to grow by 75 people. I need to encourage them and preach and teach and disciple for them. But I found that they were not motivated by numbers Mm. and they were motivated by discipleship and growth. So I was going to get them to grow and be discipled. And then we would see those numbers because we used to share the numbers. We had this many of this and this, and people just didn't care. And I watched their eyes glaze over and I thought, okay, what they're concerned about is salvations, salvation water baptisms money to missions and that's about it and so they didn't care how many people went through our next class or like whatever it was called at that time or you know whatever we're doing now well it's not yeah it's It's not called 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 anymore i'm just saying like they didn't care no they didn't care but we did so you got to recognize what numbers are internal and what numbers are external Mm -hmm. and there's a few that motivate everybody and then there's a few that you need to have that motivate you what are the few that motivate everybody the salvations, water baptism, um, you know, missions, dollars, like those ones, everybody can get excited about. Yeah. We want to see 300 people saved. Nobody's going to be like, boo, you know, but if you say, we want to see 300 people go through next or, you know, welcome home. They're like, don't care. Yeah. You know? So it was, it was trying to figure out which ones motivated them. And I should share with them and which ones they just need to be internal.
0: Yeah. And don't you think that, that growth comes from a couple of factors, but one is that they, they love it, what God is doing in them so much that they want other people involved in that. Like, Hey, it's, it's out of their testimony of what God has done through the church and how Jesus met them. And then the other side is, is felt needs, you know, things in the community that are, Hey, this, this is an an area that I think our church does a great job of, you know, whether it's a, a, you know, parenting ministry or a marriage ministry or singles or whatever it is, it's, hey, this, this is a great felt need. Are there other, again, and maybe those aren't, I think they are, but are there other factors that you saw? Like what makes a church grow? I mean, it's not so many churches, the stats are crazy. They're all, a lot of churches are shrinking, but there are some that are growing. Think about a great
1: restaurant. Like when I leave a great restaurant, I'm like, That was so good. I loved this. Mm -hmm. And then I might say, they do this. Take it to church. I love this, that they minister to me, and they do this so well. And so it's like, you just want to tell somebody about something that's good. And there is something fun about being the one that tells somebody about something good. Like, you know, you discover a band before anybody else does, or you discover, have you had this ice cream or have you had this burger or have you had this? And you, when you discover it and you're able to tell them there's a joy in like, I told you about that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's the same thing with faith. Like I love this and they do this well. And so it's that that's what causes that growth. And then also helping them have the tools like, most people are like, I don't know how to invite somebody. Is it okay if I invite somebody? How do I do it? What do I do? Is there a good day to invite, a bad day to invite? You know, so you give them tools on, here's a great time to invite. Here's how you can do it. Give it a try. See if, you know, those are the things that I see.
0: Yeah, that's, I think that's helpful too. in giving people opportunities. Like I find it, a lot of times people are simpler than maybe they think simpler about things that were, are so complex to us. It's like, well, we got to have a strategy. We got to have this. We got to have that versus, hey, whatever percentage, 80% of people will say yes to an Easter invite. Oh, great. You know, I'll invite. So right. Versus like, okay, we got the strategy. We got this email list and we got this mailer and that it's like people, people are people tell them like, I think sometimes we treat them like, like they're going to get all of what we're going to figure out. It's like, Hey, tell your neighbor, because I think if you know somebody that's struggling with this, this would be a great weekend for them. Oh, I know someone's struggling. I'm going to invite them.
1: You know? that, that's part of it too, just keeping it simple and, yeah, giving them the tools. Yeah. And then also you you have to have a church that is always thinking of growth and welcoming new people. You can't be like, well, our church really isn't very friendly. It's funny. People will bring people to our church and they'll say like, hey, I brought my neighbor to your church because you guys are way more friendly than the church I go to, which I kind of think is funny because it's like – you. Well, then why do you go there? You know, like, but we come here because you would welcome my neighbor more than my church. But Mm. it's like, they were known for, we're welcome, bring them, come on, we're on mission. Let's go.
0: Yeah. One of the things you've done for many years now is at the beginning of every year, I think it's the second you know, weekend in January or third weekend, depending on when New Year's hits, yeah. but usually second. You you give a vision for our church for, for the year. It's like, this is the, you know, some, this is the word for the year, the vision for the year that God gave you. Can you right. talk about that?
1: Yeah, because right, you know, at the end of the year, I'm the busiest because I'm closing out the year and I'm dreaming up next year and praying about next year. Now, I did think it was like, I'm going to go get something equal to the Ten Commandments. And then I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm getting a theme for next year. It's not the 10 commandments. All right. So I took a lot of the stress off me. I just needed to know, like, give us something to rally around for next year. And again, not very spiritual, but, you know, I was watching, I think it's Notre Dame and they have the sign play like a champion and they all touch it. And I was just like, you know, people rally around statements, phrases, themes. And so I was like, I'm going to do one for our church. And that's where I set some goals. I kind of do a state of the union excuse me, and then I also do goals and then a theme. And so this year has been now more than ever. And I already have next year's. And so I'm closing out now more than ever. I'm already into the next one. And I'm getting ready to set new goals and things that are out there. And the church actually looks forward to it. That's the thing I didn't realize. If you do that in your church regularly... They'll get excited about it and they'll actually look forward to it. And I don't, I think if our people left our church, they'd be like, this church has no goals. We have no goals. We just, there's no theme. There's no, what what are we doing? You know, it'd probably be a shock. Like don't churches have themes and goals? So that's part of it. I'm just praying, give me something and and I'll write them down over the period of time. I'll be like, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, feeling this. And I'll have about five or six and then I'll whittle it down to two. And then I'll ask people like, what are you thinking? God's saying? Which of these, oh, that one resonates with me. That one resonates. And then I'll find, I'll make the final decision, then reveal it to everybody. And like I say, set those goals. And even in the area of giving goals, which was fun, like we would set the goal and you hit the goal and people were clapping and then they do standing ovations. And then they're, I mean, now they can't wait. They even close out the year with like, oh, how close are we to our goal? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: No, you're seriously. I mean, we've had – when we do goals for generosity and, you know, our, our generosity, we have, uh, you know, Tithe g- General Fund and then Kingdom Builders, which is are over and above right. giving that we – you know, most of that is just given away. But some of that's to support special projects here. But uh, pe- people will literally be like, hey, at the end of the month, hey, where – how are, yeah, where where are we, we at? At? We're at? Which is – I think it ties into some of the competitive nature, but you're like – if I kind of look at like if you're gonna boast boast in Christ, like if you're gonna be competitive, be competitive about generosity. Like again, not with each other, but with yourself. Like, right. like, oh, could I do that? Oh, I can get us over the goal. Literally, I remember I was with one of our campus pastors. He said, Oh, I just got a text They asked how much was left. And it was like 3,243. They're like, just transferred it now, check it again. Like, like we're good. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like we're gonna hit our
0: goal. But isn't isn't wouldn't you rather have that be your culture of yes. hey, let's get there, let's do this, because it's generosity. Like, we don't we didn't put the wool over people's eyes, it's like hypnotizing them, like you need to give you need to be generous. It's yeah, We never do that. They catch the vision of what God is doing through going on a global team, seeing what the money is doing. You know, we just showed a video of of a of a cafe that we built in the in a country in the Middle yep. East, and it's like this is this is what your money is going to, and it's like wow, this is making a difference. So I think tying that vision and the goals together is is maybe how you combat some of the. Uh, negative attention towards, oh, I don't want it to be about the numbers. It's, no, let's tie that together. And I feel like you've done a good job at at doing that. Well, here's the thing, though. You've
1: got to set goals and big numbers and then celebrate individuals. Mm. So you're, because if I can't attach a a person to that number, it's hard for me to even get excited about the number. But if you show a picture of a water baptism, hey, we had a water baptism and lives were being changed. And here's one of the 58 people that were baptized this weekend. We baptized 58 and they see that one, Hey, here's this missions thing that we did. We helped these kids and we helped 10,000 more just like them. They identify. So that's part of it. Um, but yeah, right now is I am bogged down, not bogged down in a bad way, but in a good way of, you know, closing out the year, getting it, get those goals done, get the new ones going. And then I always take after Christmas for me, between Christmas and new years, I always, I go through my entire calendar. I lay it out. I color code it. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's literally, I have all of our vacations put in because I've learned the big rocks have to go in first. Now it's all flexible. There is white out, but I do have a plan for the entire year. I'll have it charted out what weekends I'm preaching, what weekends I'm gone, Uh, every, it's all charted out. Every single thing is charted out as far as I can get it. And that happens between, you know, December 26th and usually January 3rd, you know? Sure. And, and I, I kind of get excited about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think it, I think what's helpful about it is you have these things in place, but like you said, it's, it's flexible. It's white out. I think at times people either like they don't plan that out because they feel like it has to be done and it's no plan it out. And if it does get done that way, amazing, but it never happens. Like the way you charted out in December never happens that year, but it gave you a structure where 80%, 70%, 90% of it was done that way. And that was the way you wanted it done. But yeah, there was a guest speaker that was different, or there was a, you know, you you didn't preach the weekend that you thought you were going to preach, but it's without it, it's, it's chaos. I mean, (laughs) I
1: feel like I get a year and a half out of every year Hmm. by being well-planned. Sure. I know that sounds crazy, but it's like, guess what? I did all these trips, like, uh, Becca, will, my wife, your mom. I mean, so she'll look at me and she'll go, like, "We just did in one year what some people will do in a lifetime," mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, because we planned and we laid it out and we got it ready and we did it. And I'm not gonna waste the moment. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it ready, and th- that's the way I just want to live. And I I want to encourage people to do that. Be part of the low percentage that actually makes goals. And and I'm talking resolutions. Resolutions are like, I won't do this anymore. I'm talking about, I will do this. This is what I will achieve. This is what I will go after. And even if you don't hit it all, like, I mean, my goal this year, 52 books, which is my goal every year, a book a week. Yeah. And I get so busy that I probably will finish at like 30 something. Okay.
0: I might beat you this year.
1: but. Thirty? Really?
0: No. I'm have to get. I'm at like 26. I'm I wanna find a
1: few shorter books then. <laughs> yeah. I've never yeah.
0: beat you on book reading. Not that it's not as a competition. It's not a competition or anything. I'm but, just gonna win it.
1: But. But, no. So it's like, I'm gonna set these goals, and guess what? I didn't hit 52, but I read thirty six or two more than yeah, you. Which <laughs> so I mean <laughs>
0: I think you'll beat me, but but yeah, it's like that's still really good. Well, really good. Most people read none. Like I, most people read one, one, one book, one book, a, book a, year, a year. But it's I think you have to have a college education. People with a college degree read one book a year. People less than a college degree read less than a book a year. CEOs or whatever, like CEOs or whatever. People throw around the term CEO, but it's like high level business leaders yeah. often read you know, around a book a week. And because Becca, she read none. And then she's like, I'll read two a year.
1: So she was reading two a year. And then I go, come on, you can get to one a month. And so she's like, one a month. But I mean, it's just stretching. And yeah, yeah, so that's like, like,
0: it's like rhythms. I mean, if you don't read any books, the first book you pick up, it looks like it's Mandarin Chinese. I mean, you're like, how, how do you read this whole thing? These words I've never, you know, even if you've ever like read the Bible aloud in a Bible group, you're like, wow, I'm horrible at reading aloud. Like, you know, you're not used to it. You haven't heard yourself do it in a while, but it's once you get into that rhythm, it's like the first time working out or you do leg day for the first time in a long time. And you're like, I'm never going to do this again. Like I'm so bad, but it's, you get into that rhythm of it. Um, you know, for for pastors who maybe never never been goal setters before, or e- even I think about like there's some lead pastors listening who are really resonating with what you're saying, but maybe they're in another area of ministry, they're missions pastor or kids pastor, youth, young adults, you know, worship, whatever it is, and they're saying, how do I set goals for the church and for me while still coming under authority of like like even to our staff? How would you advise them to to Remember I did set. that teaching a dream
1: within a dream within a dream. I mean, I know, like, but it's, it's big enough. Like if your church has a dream or a vision, put yours within it. Don't do a competing one. Sure. So if the church is saying, we want to lead 300 people to faith in Christ, don't do something outside of that. I want to do
0: 500. 500. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just do like, well, the youth group will be hundred of that. Sure. Or, you know what I mean? And then keep your pastor informed of it. Yeah. Or we're going to give this much to missions. All right, well, we'll take this chunk of it. Take a piece within the dream sure. and do it that way. That's how I would encourage them to do it and and to be able to have the dream within the dream within the dream.
0: Yeah, and and, and I think maybe, again, not to put words in your mouth, but uh, if you have something that, that you feel God is speaking to you that maybe is either a significant part of the vision or uh, a little bit of a redirection of the vision— being open enough to have the conversation, say, "Hey, I feel like God is maybe speaking this to me," because maybe the, the your lead pastor goes, "Wow, I, w- I actually was hearing that too, but I didn't know that we had anyone who wanted it, or I don't know if that's part of our vision, but maybe there's a redirection in place, or maybe it was, you know, I, I don't know if like uh, I would say you can do that, but you got to do it way back when it's input time. Sure, you know what not, I'm saying? Not after the vision's yeah, been set. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> speaking of that, one time we were going to change the name of our church, which we did. And right before we were going to announce the name change, one of the staff came over and he goes, I don't think it's a good idea. We need to change it. We can't do that. I'm like, literally, we have the slide like made. It's going on the screen. We cannot not change it. We're way past sure, input time. Yeah, there's an you appropriate time. You are way late. So you do it early on in the process. Yeah, that's, that's what it. I would recommend.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> going Going up after vision weekend, be like, hey, pastor, I don't think that, I don't agree with the vision for what you're doing. Um, you know, as the years coming to a close, you know, obviously we're, this podcast, we're, we're coming yep. to a close a little bit here, but the season, um, are there, is there any reflections from the last year? I mean, I feel like 2020 and 2021 in the history books will be like one long, like it's, it's like one year. Like, I feel like it just hasn't ended in terms of like since March of 2020 when everything was, seemed to right. be fine. And now we're still in, you know, the the year 2021 is about to be over and it's like, we're still in the midst of that. It, it, again, not the same, but any reflections just upon I don't know, any anything, the the global church, how the church is fared.
1: I think you know what happened with this year is we made it worse than it had to be. That's mm. what I think. We made it worse than it had to be. Sure. I mean, we should have risen above this. Mm-hmm. We should have got back, we should have been smarter and assessed risk and things we needed to do and ways we need to live and go back. And I think about the thing that was read by C.S. Lewis, um, the atomic age. I think I have it. I, I'm going to pull that up because it was, do you know what I'm talking about? Living in an atomic age.
0: I do remember you reading it. Yeah.
1: And um, yeah. So C.S. Lewis in eight, 1948. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was living in an atomic age and it says, In one And and you could change it with COVID. In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb, so you could put COVID in there. How are we to live in an atomic age? I'm tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed, as you already are living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railroad accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Mm-hmm. In this good stuff, wow, C.S. Yeah. Lewis, money. Yeah. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all you uh, love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb, insert COVID, was invented And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of a painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is good stuff. I'll finish, all right? Uh, This is the first point to be made and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we're going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb or COVID, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint. He drank, I don't. And a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. I feel like looking back, we made this worse. We let things dominate our thinking in our minds and going into this new year, I just want to say I'm setting goals. I'm going for it. And even if I die on the way with these goals, I'm going for it. And I want to live that way. Like life is a risk. I remember when I preached that sermon and I said when, or maybe I was doing announcements and I said, when it's safe enough, we'll go. And I was like, no, it's never been safe. Like, like, we're going to take risks. And so when I look back, I'm like set goals, go for it, get back, find that energy, find that strength to do what God told you to do years ago and go bold, go big and, and rise above it. Amen. Amen. And read more CS
0: Lewis. Yeah. The guy was genius. Absolutely. I mean, I I think that it is a great way to end the podcast, the season, the year. I mean, it's, it's true. That's what it is. It's, it's, you you preached a message earlier this year, Charlie, Mike, continue mission. Like yes. God, God has called us, our churches, our communities, people, leaders, pastors to, to do his work, to be yes. his hands and feet and to build his church. And I know we're talking church, but it's like, that is what, what he's called us to do is so it's really, I would encourage you like, you know, the people listening here is for people who have never sought a vision from God and heard it, like, Right. What, what great, Ask. I mean, that that's a vision from C.S. Lewis. That's, yep. that's a word that he got, this how do I respond to the atomic bomb? And he wrote that. What are the things that your community needs to hear, your church needs to hear, and how do you need to lead them and shepherd them, but then spur them on for greater works? And yes.
1: So, I'll give one last challenge. Yes. I talked to our worship team leaders and our production team not that long ago, and I said, people are hungrier today, pre-COVID, You didn't ever have to worry about your congregation passing you with their hunger because you were hungrier than them. And you were saying, come, come be hungry. I said, I think congregations today are hungrier Mm -hmm. than they were pre-COVID. Sure. And I said to the team, stay hungry because if you're not hungry, the people in the church will out-hunger you if that's the way to see it, and they'll go past you. Pray for a vision right now. Get hungry. Look for the next step. Set those goals and stay out in front of the congregation or the group that you're leading, that God has called you to lead. Get that goal. Get that vision. Stay hungry. Stay out in front and see what God has in store for the next year. Amazing. Amazing. Let's do it.